I give honor to 
your name is great, Lord Jesus. And greatly to be praised. Hallelujah. We praise and glorify you, Jesus. We lift you up. I love to worship you. 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 whether it's here or anywhere else to have that sweet sweet presence just like holding you in his arms praise God hallelujah I love you I love you I love you Lord today because you Such a special way, that's why I praise you. I lift 
such a special way that's why I of the Lord to be loved by Jesus mm. Mm. just to try and mention just lingering in the presence of the Lord why don't we just lift our hands and just linger for a moment in the love of the Lord right now I feel like he just wants to love on somebody for a little bit right now Oh, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You're so good. Oh, we love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, thank 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 you,
Thank you, Jesus. What a beautiful, beautiful presence of the Lord is in this place. Make just a couple of quick announcements. We'll receive the offering, and this is what a great atmosphere to bring the teacher for tonight. Um, Sister Angie's going to be coming after the preaching, and she's going to teach. And uh, We are excited about what God has given her. She texted me a couple weeks ago, and she said, God just gave me a sure word, and, 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 and so I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to have to catch it later because I'm going to be teaching the youth. I'm looking forward to what God's going to do in the youth class because God gave me a sure word for the youth tonight. And I believe God's going to do great things in every class tonight. Amen. Tomorrow night, Spanish service at 7.30. Friday night at 7 o'clock, we are going to meet at Walnut Hill Park. We're going to meet by the, the parking lot that's over by the playground um, at Walnut Hill Park. And we're going to spend about an hour or so walking around the park, witnessing, praying with people, praying around the park, doing a prayer walk. And we'll be doing many things like this over the course of this year, just really trying to get out more and more into the community. And so this is kind of our first one. And so, again, Friday night, this Friday night at 7 o'clock, meet at the parking lot by the playground or near the playground over there at Walnut Hill Park. And we'll, uh, we'll give you directions from there as to how we're going to go about our prayer walk. And then Saturday morning from 9 a.m. until noon, we have our leadership and future leader training. All of our church leaders, ministers, uh, department heads, board members, I encourage you to be here. Uh, we need you to be here for that. And anyone who thinks that they might be in leadership in the future, anybody who would like to be in leadership, um, we encourage you to be here as well. Amen. Um, I know that some of our young people will be at Bible quizzing, so they won't be able to be there. I'm pretty sure Sister Leilani will be with them. So um, she's their coach, so uh, she won't be able to be here. But um, as far as I know, everyone else ought to be able to be here. So please, uh, let's be here for the leadership training on Saturday morning from 9 to noon. And we'll be having um, some practical exercises. And we'll also be having some some refreshments. There will be some donuts and some bagels and and some coffee and stuff like that so uh, you don't have to be hungry uh, during the time. It'll be casual so you can come casual um, and we'll just uh, talk about some leadership stuff again Saturday from 9 to noon. Amen. Offering baskets are here. We're going to pray. Um, then you come give your offering and then our classes are dismissed. Uh, the adults are staying out here. All of our other classes will be in session and Sister Rosa will be coming and soon as the offering is over to come and, and uh, teach the adult class. Jesus, we love you so much. Thank you for your sweet and beautiful presence that we feel in this place. I ask, Lord, that you continue to allow this presence to just hover over your people tonight. Mm. Be upon us and be with us, Lord, as we hear your word tonight. I pray you bless this offering to the upbuilding of your kingdom, to the advancement of your kingdom. And I pray you bless those who give according to your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you come? Would you give unto the Lord? Then our classes are dismissed and the adults are staying out here. Sister Rosa, when the offering baskets are done, you can come. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. God
God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. God is great and greatly to be praised. God is great in my soul. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Good evening. It is Wednesday. And we are here. Thank you, Jesus. No place that I'd rather be than in the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. So you may be seated. <laughs> I don't think the butterflies ever go away when you're up here. But you know what? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen. And, um, you know, I made every excuse in the book to myself and to the Lord as to why I shouldn't be up here tonight. You know, I was telling the Lord, God, you know, here I am, nine months pregnant. I, I don't think I should be doing this. But uh, he knows everything, and, uh, you know, I made another excuse. I said, you know what, what if I go into labor, and, you know, and then Sister Marie has to deliver my baby, and, you know, Bishop Tryon's going to bring out the stretcher, and then everybody online is going to see this, and, you know, but the Lord has a sense of humor. He said, I use the donkey. I said, well, I guess you could use a pregnant lady, too. So here I am. <laughs> I want to th give thanks to um, my leadership, to Pastor Brown and Sister Marie and Bishop Tryon and Sister Tryon and to my husband, James, and to the Lord most of all for this opportunity to be able to stand here and have the energy to do this. Um, I'm sure I'll collapse when I get home, but just pray for me tonight, please. <laughs> and I'm also thankful for a leadership that sees potential and not failure. Amen. So um, the title of tonight's message is Don't Get Too Comfortable. And so if you can look at the person sitting next to you or across from you and tell that person, don't get too comfortable. Amen. <laughs> I know we're all comfortable because it's Wednesday night and we're tired, right? <laughs> so has anyone ever had one of their kids ask them if they had TVs or cars back in their day? Right? Yeah. <laughs> so apparently our kids think we're ancient, you know? Were there cars in your day? Mom, how, how were the traffic lights made? You know, did, did you have a horse and carriage? Did you have phones back in the day, Mom? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. And so the point I'm trying to make is people will always be interested in how we lived. And they will look back, especially the younger generation, and ask questions. Will we be able to say we were selfless? 
We lived outside the box. Did we take Jesus outside the four walls of the church? Did we take the risks no one else was willing to take? Godly risks that will take you to destiny, or did we get too comfortable? Comfortable in our walk with Jesus, not willing to put God first in any and everything that he calls us to. And so if you will turn with me to Matthew 19, verses 16 through 26. I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. I know that there are those of you that like the King James Version, and you know, but I'm one of those where I, I need God to speak to me like a five-year-old, you know? I go from New Living Translation to the Amplified to just easy. Lord, just give it to me straight. Talk to me like I'm in kindergarten, God, because I need to get this. And so, Matthew 19, 16 through 26 tells us, someone came to Jesus with this question. Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, keep my commandments. Which one, the man asked. And so that caught me off guard because he was very bold to ask that question. Which one, which, 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 which commandment is gonna keep me saved? This, this man wanted to pick and choose which ones were good enough for him to say I'm saved. Maybe I'll just pick not murdering somebody today. That should be good enough, right? <laughs> and Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery, you must not steal, you must not testify falsely. I've obeyed all these commandments, the young man replied. What else must I do? Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you the truth. If it is very hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven, I'll say it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. The, 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 the disciples were astounded. Then who in the world can be saved, they asked. Jesus looked at them intently and said, humanly speaking, it is impossible, with, but with God, everything is possible. Amen. So Jesus told this rich young ruler to give up everything. If you want to follow me, you must lose your life. Not in actuality, we're not losing our lives. We're gaining him and we're losing what's most important to us. Amen. Lose that nice house if it's more important than me. That college degree you're striving for and putting me second, lose it. That family, that husband or that wife you've always wanted more than a relation, relationship with me, lose it. Lose the accolades. Lose your human measure of success. Pick up your cross and follow me. Jesus did not mean that everyone should give up their money their success, their possessions. No, this is not what he meant. 
He knows what we need. He knows what we need to eat. He knows we need to live. He knows we need a roof over our heads. He knows we need human relationships. He knows what we need. But this rich young ruler was too much in love with his lifestyle that it had become an idol. It was too, he was too much in love with his success that it became an idol. He was too comfortable in his lifestyle to truly follow Jesus. He thought it was enough to be good. He did what he would call in our day, in, in our ba- in our day basic Christianity. He followed the commandments. He checked off his list of what he thought it meant to be righteous, holy, nothing more, nothing less than that. But one thing he could not do was die to himself, die to his pride, die to his human perspective of what it meant to be successful and righteous in the sight of God. It was said in Jeremiah, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. I give all people their due rewards according to their actions deserve, to what their actions deserve. That's what the scriptures tell us. God is calling us to action. He He saw the heart of the rich young ruler. He saw the ego. He saw the pride, his selfishness. He saw that he was much too in love with his riches to be of any use to the kingdom of God. He was just too comfortable. He had everything he ever wanted and needed. Why would he give it all away for Jesus? The pride of life left him walking away sad because it got a hold of him. He needed the recognition of people, the comfortable lifestyle, to feel on top. After all, who would he be without his riches, his possessions? Hallelujah. The calling was not enough for him, so he wasn't worthy to be a disciple. Jesus calls us to a radical selflessness. To be radical means to step out of the ordinary. But what about selfless? What does that word mean? Selfless, it's the opposite of selfish. To be selfless is to put everything aside, put Jesus before yourself, to love others before yourself, to love thy neighbor as thyself. To be selfless is to run counter to our human nature of being selfish because it's easy to be selfish, to never give a helping hand, to put ourselves and our time first. It's easy to say to someone, it's easy to say someone else will do it. Society tells us to be selfish. We are hit with selfishness from all angles. We are selfish with our time and our money. We are living in a I'm gonna do me society my way or the highway, my way or I'll find another church, my way or Lord, I I won't do anything, I won't have anything to do with you, my way because I'm tired, my way because of this or that, my way, my way, my way, but what about the Lord's way? There's a promise to those who give up all to follow Jesus. Matthew 19, 27 to 29 says, Then Peter said to him, We've given up everything to follow you. What will we get? 
And I thought, that's kind of a selfish question. What will we get? We gave up everything. What are you going to do for me, Jesus? You know? Even his disciples struggled with selfishness. What will I get out of this whole ordeal? What's in it for me? And Jesus replied, I assure you that when the world is made new and the Son of Man sits upon his glorious throne, you you who have been my followers will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And everyone who has given up houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or property for my sake will receive a hundred times as much in return and will inherit eternal life. But many who are the greatest now will be the least important then. And those who seem least important now will be the greatest then. And the Lord reminded me, don't sleep on the person who's scrubbing the toilets. Don't sleep on the people who sit quietly in the back. Don't sleep on the drug addict trying to recover. The single mother that comes in with all her kids, just barely making it in, but she knows she needs a word from the Lord, because I was her. They may seem least important now, but you just wait until God gets a hold of them, breathes life into them and their God-given calling. Because if you won't do it, if we, the church, won't do it, he will send what others have deemed the least important. Whom others have deemed unqualified. And these are the people that are willing to give it all up for God because they've been to the lowest part of the pit and they know what it's like to have it all or nothing at all. These will be the people to take the God risks no one else will be willing to take. They are hungry and will be the ones willing to go hungry for Jesus. When we can't get so caught up, and we can't get so caught up in our emotions that we think we are more important than any and everything else, that our lifestyle, our accolades, our success would be more important than what Jesus would have us do. We can't get too comfortable that we never reach another soul and become unprofitable for his kingdom. He doesn't want to replace us, but he will in order to get his mission done. Because we are not the only one on God's mind. We are the connection between Jesus and saving the lost. And I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of that. Hallelujah. It was the Apostle Paul who said, I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Hallelujah. So Jesus was the ultimate model of selflessness. No spirit-filled believer, whether you're young or whether you're old, can live a selfless life without a constant abiding in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's hard to just make it day by day without a prayer, without abiding in him. I can't do it. We need the help of the Holy Spirit. And it's only through him that our attitudes can be changed and molded towards unselfish behaviors. Amen. 
And so it was July 3rd of 2021 when the Lord spoke to me clear as day in my kitchen. Growing up, Saturdays was cleaning day. I don't know if anybody else, if you've been in a Puerto Rican household, uh, you hear your mom clanking and clicking the dishes and the music is on and you know it's time to get up and clean the house. <laughs> so growing up, Saturday was cleaning day in our home and that's something I've taken with me into adulthood. And so as I had music playing in the background doing my Saturday morning cleaning, the Lord met me right there with mop in hand. <laughs> An impression was placed on my heart that went something like this. This is the last call to rise up, the last call to do something great for the kingdom. This is the last call to run this race, run it because this is it. This is the last call to rise up, wake up, shape up, and wake others up and tell them about me. And I knew that it was a correction from the Lord because I was comfortable. Everything was going good for the most part. Not every day is perfect, but that day was good. <laughs> I knew that it was a warning. I had gotten comfortable. I dropped my mop. I fell on my face because now my heart was grieved. And I realized I had gotten comfortable in my walk with Jesus. When God tells you to do something, you better get to it. When he warns you, you better take heed. Matthew 10, 27 says, when I tell, what I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Amen. I had a whisper in my ear moment with the Lord on a regular Saturday morning just cleaning my kitchen. And the Lord will meet us at any given moment, and it is up to us to have our spiritual ears open. And so it was about three years ago, my husband and I, we moved into the house we're currently residing in, and in my son's room, there's a, a nook that goes into the wall. Has anyone ever had one of those creepy nooks that is like a small door for no reason in the room? And it just leads to a whole nother wall, and it's like, why is this here? Right? What, what is that about? I had one of those as a kid growing up, and I always put, like, my dresser in the way because I thought, like, a gremlin or something was going to come out of there. I was always scared of that closet. So anyway, <laughs> you know, we just moved in, and, you know, when you move into a new house or a new home, you, you're investigating, and you're looking at all the shelvings and the drawers, what's in here, and... My son had one of those little doors, and he's like, can we go inside and see what's in there? And I'm like, no, but okay, <laughs> let's do it. Because, you know, curiosity, right? And so we found a box, and it was dusty, it was old, and, you know, it collected cobwebs over the years. So we pulled this, this box out, and in that box are the contents that you see on this table here. You'll see some old newspaper clippings of the individuals that used to live in that house and you'll see some love letters here and there's even wedding photos and uh, you know bank statements and just you know their life spread out on this table back here someone's life someone's treasures memories and pictures of all sorts 
and it seemed that these individuals had it all together. They had the accolades of what, su of what success meant for the culture of their day. In the box, you'll find college graduation pictures, bank statements, photos of a brand new car, a mortgage that was paid off. We all want that, right? There's nothing wa wrong with wanting that. But there's something wrong when you make it an idol. There's even new clothes here with tags on them. A blossoming relationship between husband and wife. Evidence of letters written back and forth during the war as she was away during nursing school. And there's nothing wrong with any of this, but was God ever a thought in their mind? I want to say he was, because I found evidence of, in that box that God was a thought, and that's all he was. And I won't say what denomination, because that's not what this is about today. But as I took a dive into someone else's life, I saw remnants of someone who knew of God but didn't know God and kept him in that box. And God is limit, limitless, and he does not want to be put in a box. He wants us to take him wherever we go. He doesn't want us comfortable enough to just stay in the four walls of the church. Comfortable in our lifestyle, that we set, settle and we stay stagnant in our walk with him. That's not what he calls us to. But Jesus said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And so some of us aren't able to get out of New Britain, let alone Connecticut. I know I could use a vacation, but you know, that's okay. I'm right here. It's, it's God whenever you see fit. But there's still a lost world in New Britain, in the state of Connecticut, that needs to hear who Jesus is that needs the blood applied, the saving power of this great and mighty God. And that's, just, that's not just for the pastor, for Bishop Tryon, for all the licensed ministers to do, but the Bible tells us we are all ministers of the gospel. In this box, there are signs of worldly success, an appetite for the good life. This person even had a taste for nice clothes I'll show you the skirt. <laughs> the skirt still has tags on it. I would wear this skirt today. I think it's cute. It's vintage, but it is. It's cute. And this is from a store called G Fox. If any of you remember G Fox, downtown Hartford. This lady, apparently, okay, so this skirt was $5.99. And she got it for $4.77. But you know, back in those days, that's a lot of money, $4.77. So this lady had it made. She had the finer things in life, right? Here's another skirt there. Same thing. This one was $13.99. I don't know how much money that is today, but it's a lot of money. It would be a, a deal for us today, but back in her day, I'm pretty sure, you know, she was wearing the nicest things. And so, you know, I thought to myself, I might wear this skirt one day. I might wash it. I want to lose a little bit of weight after I have this baby and put it on and, you know, just wear it around the church. This is vintage, you know. This is the good stuff right here. 
But then I realized I don't want to wear someone else's skirt. Someone else's what could have been, should have been. I want to wear my own personal walk with Jesus. I want to put Jesus on and tell everyone about him and take him wherever I go. I don't want to leave him at home or at church. I want to walk out these doors and I want people to see Jesus and not me. I don't want people to see my success, my finances, my clothes. I want people to see Jesus. I don't care about myself. I, I care about myself, but I don't care if people remember me. I want them to remember the relationship I had with Jesus and that I proclaim the good news. I want them to remember Jesus. So when the Lord spoke into my spirit that Saturday while I was cleaning my kitchen, when he said, run this race, I knew I had to stretch my spiritual muscles. It's been some time. I had to, all right, Lord, you're calling me to something here. I mean, you know, dive deeper. I know you're taking me into deeper waters, Lord. Had to tie up my laces and get back on course and persevere to the finish line. And while winning others to the finish line with me. I had a vision in my mind of a relay race, one runner carrying a baton and passing it on to the next runner, except the baton is the word of God, the good news. Jesus preached and glorified the message of salvation. And so any athlete knows, knows that if you put comfort first, you're not going to get very far. Even on off seasons, you will find an athlete practicing conditioning, exercising, getting themselves ready for whatever the sport calls for. They don't stop getting themselves ready just because the season is over. We don't stop getting ready for Jesus just because he benched us, sat us out for a little while, or maybe we're in a wilderness season, a lonely season, a difficult season. We must stay conditioned strengthened, ready for a word in and out of season. Second Timothy 4, verse, uh, chapter 4, verse 2 says, preach the word as an official messenger. Be ready when the time is right, even when it is, excuse me, even when it is not. Keep your sense of urgency. Whether the opportunity seems favorable or unfavorable, whether convenient or inconvenient, whether welcome or unwelcome. Correct those who err in doctrine or behavior. Warn those who sin. Exhort and encourage those who are growing towards spiritual maturity with inexhaustible patience and faithful teaching. Hebrews 12, 1 says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. No, there's nothing wrong with getting our lives in order. God is a God of order, and he doesn't want to see us all disheveled. He, he wants good things for us. But we can get so caught up in the material aspect of what society calls success that it can hinder us, entangle us, and throw us off course. Anyone who's handling their finances well, 
anyone who's making good grades, anyone who's in a successful relationship, anyone who's trying to make a difference knows that comfort cannot be the top priority because it's going to take work. It's going to take getting uncomfortable. But we love comfort, don't we? We need to be comforted in everything. We gotta have the most comfortable pillows. You know, I need these comfortable shoes to get me through my day. I, I need this, you know, I just need to be comforted, Jesus. I don't wanna be corrected, I just wanna be comforted. I don't wanna hear what you have to say, I just need to hear what I need to hear. We like knowing what's gonna happen next. We like doing it the way we've always have because it's safe. When we've been doing something for a long while, it's like we go on autopilot. Anybody ever been on autopilot? You just get to work and you're just, you're just magically there? <laughs> you're just there. Like, how did this happen? Why am I here? <laughs> and so we go through the motions. We get comfortable with the familiar. We fall into the trap of thinking that God wants us to be happy and comfortable. It gives us a warm, fuzzy feeling that is probably what Jesus wants for my life. He won't mind if I miss a Bible study so long as I'm getting my life together. He won't mind me not praying before I start my day because I have to rush off to work and I didn't sleep much last night. He won't mind me missing out on fellowship because he knows my life is just so busy. He won't mind if I miss that prompting to tell that grocery store clerk Jesus loves him or her because I'm just so shy. He won't mind if I don't follow that prompting to speak to a coworker about the gospel because we have to be politically correct in corporate world. No, I can't risk losing my job, but I love Jesus. These are the lies that we tell ourselves. So let us do more for the kingdom of God than just come in on Sundays and Wednesdays and be content with that. I don't want to be content with just that. I, I want to do more. Let us do more than teach inside of the four walls of the church because it's convenient. If you know the gospel, you can teach someone else. God, help us to do more than just sit in a pew and listen. Let us take what was fed by the messenger of the word of the living God and apply it to proclaim it on the housetops of New Britain or wherever we, he would have us go. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Sure, we like nice things. Sure, we want success in our finances and studies, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. But when it takes the place of God, we have built an idol out of that thing we put before God. We want to see revival, but revival first starts right here. Revival starts with taking accountability to where I need a heart check. Revival starts with us as individuals. Revival starts with where we need to put God first. Lord, where am I not putting you first? Where are you not Lord over my life? These are the uncomfortable questions we must ask Jesus. It starts with being uncomfortable with the same excuses we tell ourselves every day. It starts with being uncomfortable with saying, tomorrow's another day. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to reach that drug addict, that alcoholic, the person who's been contemplating suicide, 
to reach that girl thinking about aborting her baby, to reach the lonely, the abused, and the lost. It, kinda, it cannot wait until we feel comfortable enough in our lifestyle, in our walk, until we feel like everything is okay. Now I can go do what Jesus called me to do because I got everything all set and settled. If we are comfortable in our walk with Jesus, then we're not doing it right. And so sometimes it takes trials and errors to get to that defining moment in our relationship with Jesus. There will be a time or times where we simply fail our way to our calling or to reaching the lost. We're not, we're, we're going as Jesus tells us to go, but we may not get it right all the time. But he sees the availability. And it's in the fails where the fork meets the road. It is in the fails that we decide which direction we choose to go. Will it be to arise to those promptings of the Lord, to take the God risks? Because it is in these moments where failures can determine our destiny. Our comfortability, our failures can either catapult us into our God-destined journey or into the trap of the enemy. To stay comfortable where we are, to stay stagnant, to punch in and out of church just to say we were there, to play church and never reach another soul. And I'm pretty sure that these people that lived this life were great people. But I know that I don't want to be remembered in a box. That's putting Jesus in a box. I don't ever want to be remembered as having a form of godliness but denying his power, whether it's in my life or in the capability to reach another soul. Um, and so this was actually brought to my memory today. If you've seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge, has anybody ever seen that war movie? It's such a good movie. It's powerful. It's about a soldier in one of the bloodiest battles of World War II. It's based on a true story. He was enlisted as a medic and refused to carry a rifle. All he had to protect himself was his Bible and his faith in God. He was the only one to remain with the wounded. He successfully rescued 75 men. He treated the injured one by one, dragged them to the edge of a cliff, and lowered them to safety in a rope sling. After each successful delivery, he reportedly said, Dear God, let me just get one more man. What a prayer. Dear God, let me just get one more man. I wonder if we prayed that every morning, how miraculous God would move. Lord, let me just get one more man today. <laughs> Lord Jesus, take the scale off our, our eyes and help us to see the hurting. God forbid on the day of judgment we open our hands to the Lord and they're empty. Not one soul saved, even though he's given us the power to do so. I'm going to have Sister Tryon come up. I asked her if the Lord put a song on her heart, if she can come up here and minister to us in song as I close out. And You know, the Lord told me that there's a spirit of apathy running rampant in the churches, a spirit of forgetfulness of the goodness of Jesus.
a desensitizing spirit. There's a miracle that took place inside of us, and yet there are those that are not responding, responding to the calling. Apathy is when you lack motivation to do anything or you just don't care about what's going on around you. And so will you step out and say, I care, Jesus. I care. I will put you first. I will love you with all of my heart, all of my soul, and all of my mind. I care, Jesus. And uh, Pastor Brown mentioned that there was a prayer walk on Friday at 7 p.m., a chance to gather with fellow brothers and sisters and pray for the community of New Britain. Will you be there? Will you care enough to come and pray with us, to care for, to pray for your community? The harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. Or will you be comfortable in your regular Friday night routine? All across America, people are rallied together in lieu of 420 to celebrate getting high on marijuana. Can we say as the church that we are rallying together for a greater cause to celebrate Jesus? Can we get higher with Jesus in our walk? There's people that rally, made a whole day of it to celebrate a drug. Can we get higher with the Lord? Can we say, Jesus, I won't put you in a box. I won't put success before you. I won't put accolades before you. I won't put money before you. I won't put conditions before you. I won't put a relationship before you. I won't put anything before you, Jesus. I won't be the rich young ruler, Jesus. I will go out and I will be the church. I will give it all up if I have to. And that's a scary thing to say, because when he calls you to give something up, and if that thing is hard to give up, be careful when you say that prayer. So can we respond to God today? What can I do to put God first? Maybe it starts with a smile and telling a random stranger, stranger about the love of Jesus. Maybe instead of going out with your usual, usual friends, you take that person who's been feeling lonely out for coffee. What if you didn't buy that new outfit and helped a single mom in need or bought a random stranger groceries just because God has been so good to you? Let us not get comfortable. Let us not get comfortable in our walk, comfortable in our prayer life, comfortable in our time with Jesus but let's ask him, Lord, make me uncomfortable, Lord. If you want to do more for Jesus, if the Lord has been prompting you to do more, if he's been prompting you to speak to that coworker, prompting you to speak to that person at the grocery store, prompting you to just do something for the kingdom of God, whether whatever it is, it's not all going to look the same. Maybe it's an encouraging word, just a random card to give to someone on the street, something to remind someone of the love of Jesus. He calls us to be the church, 
He didn't call us to be comfortable in these four walls, but he told us to get outside of these walls and reach the lost. I don't want to continue to come on a Sunday and a Wednesday and nothing happens. I want to do more. I want to see revival. I want to, I want to do more. Let us have that urgency, that expectancy from God that he's going to give us the tools that we need when we go out and we reach people. Let us put away that spirit of intimidation. Who cares what people think? God is coming soon. We have to be prepared, and we have to prepare others. That is our duty. And so if God has been calling you to do more, these altars are open. If you want to talk to him right where you are, that is fine too. Let us not get too comfortable. Amen. That is the word that the Lord has given me. God bless you. Sweet are the promises, kind is the word. Dearer far than any message man ever heard. Kind to the erring one and faithful is he. He the great example is and pattern for me. Where he leads I'll follow, follow all the way. Where he leads I'll follow, follow Jesus every day. Sweet is the tender Jesus has shown sweeter far than any love mortals have known. Kind to the erring one and faithful is he. He the great example is and pattern for me. Where he leads I'll follow, follow all the way. Where he leads I'll follow, follow Jesus every day. Follow, follow all the way where he leads. I'll follow, follow Jesus every day just to walk with him means everything to me just to know he's near and his hand is leading me 
goodbye Go the way Let me be Just to walk with him Means everything to me Just to walk with him means everything to me. Just to know he's near and his hand is leading me. Though the world pass me by, go let me be just to walk with him means everything to me Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. As I was doing devotion this morning, I couldn't quite figure out why the Lord had me going through so many scriptures on mercy. The conviction of the Lord is so heavy in this place right now. And he had me going through so many scriptures on, again, on his mercy. You know, he had said to me a statement yesterday. He told me that some people think my mercy and my grace are forever. They will last forever. But it will not last forever for those that know the truth and choose to live or to believe the lie that the enemy has fed them. And his mercy endures forever. It sure does. The scripture does say that. But it also says that he will have mercy upon whom he will have mercy. If we are merciful to others, he will show mercy to us. If we're seeking him and if we're not willfully sinning against him, well, Sister Marie, what are you saying? I'm saying if we are ignoring what he's telling us to do, if we're becoming comfortable in our walk with him, if we're becoming complacent, stagnant and we are not obeying the promptings that he is prompting us with every single day those little promptings of text this person call that person pray for this person send them a card go talk to that one witness to this person why don't you forgive this person Marie Pray more, fast more. And if I don't do what God tells me to do, if I don't pray more, if I don't fast more, if I don't stop doing the things that God wants me to stop and, and start doing the things that he wants me to do, 
then that is the sin of iniquity and his mercy no longer reaches me. I have perverted the grace of God and we cannot afford to pervert the grace of God. We cannot afford to pervert the mercies of God. And then he said something so sweet to me and thank you Sister Tryon for playing that song just to walk with him means everything to me. As I was reading the scriptures about mercy and grace and I was reading Micah chapter 6 verse 8 that talks about us loving justice, right? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And he said, I love to walk with you. Marie, I long to walk with you more than you long to walk with me. He said, I love you. And I want to spend more time with you than you do with me. I long our moments together, our walks together. And I believe he's trying to communicate that to us today, to all of us. He longs to walk with all of us. He longs to be with us, but he wants us to want him just as much as he wants to be with us. This, this walk calls us to sacrifice. And it's not comfortable. It hurts because you are stretching your spiritual muscles. They're growing. Thank you, Sister Angie, for sharing the message that the Lord put in your heart today. It's a confirmation of what God has already been speaking to at least my heart. That we just need to continue to press on him. Press on in this walk, not become comfortable. And those voices of intimidation will always try to get in the way. Well, what if so-and-so says this? Or what if they see you? Or all those thoughts come go through your mind. Who cares? All I want is the approval of God. That's the one I need to please. It's, it's his affirmation that I need, not anyone else's. He's the one that that called me. He's the one who made me. He's the one who formed me. And he's the one who who gave me the will to live. So I don't need to worry about anything else. I just need to worry about pleasing Jesus. And if I please Jesus, I will be right with those around me. Amen. We can all stand. Let's just close out in prayer. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful for your word today. Thank you, O oh God, for speaking to our hearts, for touching us, Lord God, for convicting us, O oh Lord. 
for helping us to see where we are right now. And Lord, help us as we look into the mirror of your word to not stay where we are, but to press forward, to press toward the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus, which is in you, O Lord. Help me to press forward. Help me to push beyond where I am and where I'm comfortable and help me to go to places where I've never been, Lord Jesus, in my walk with you, to get to know you in deeper levels that I've never known you before, Lord God, to know your character, to know your will, to know everything there is to know about you, Lord Jesus. Help me to get to know you more that I may accomplish your will more perfectly. I thank you, Lord, for this word. And I pray that it would continue to speak to our hearts and our minds throughout the rest of this week, Lord. And, and even throughout this year, help us, Lord, to continue to move forward in our walk with you, to walk by faith and not by sight. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Remember... Um, prayer walk on Friday at 7 p.m. Walnut Hill Park. We will be meeting at the parking lot by the playground. Amen. And tomorrow, Spanish service at 7.30 p.m. God bless you. You are dismissed in Jesus' name.